The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, your host for Loving That Sports Talk, and I am fortunate today to have one of our great guests on today. Um, It's just great to have, you know, Somebody on like this, you know, um, I played with his dad in college, and, you know, his dad was such a great guy and a mentor when I came out to California to play at Santa Rosa Junior College. But I'd like to introduce my guest, Scooby Wright. You there, Scooby? Yeah, and how you doing? Good. How you doing today? Yeah, just hanging out. Good. Yeah, appreciate you taking time out on your schedule. I know it's busy, you know, school and all the mess that's going on down there in Arizona for the Super Bowl, but... I'd just like to, you know, you would tell our listeners, you know, where you, you know, where you playing at, what position, where, where you from, school. Well, so I'm from uh, San Jose, California. I play linebacker at, at the University of Arizona. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much, pretty much mm-hmm. my deal. You got to let them know, too, about your, all your harness, school. You know one player. Go ahead. <laughs> my favorite player? Yeah. Uh, probably Zach Thomas. Oh man, yeah, that is one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get on start. So we know a bunch of questions. You know, um, I like to have you on. I appreciate you know getting getting back in touch with me. You know, but you know, just out there for the youngest um, kids out there playing. You know, any kind of sports or you know, uh, what advice would you give them? I'm gonna start off with that. That you know, how to be successful not only on the field but off the field. Uh, well, coming out of high school, I only had one Division one offer, and that was the University of Arizona. So uh, everybody always doubted me and said I wasn't good enough, wasn't tall enough, and all the above. But um, my biggest advice to kids would probably be just work hard and have no regrets and never look back. You know, how how tough is it for them, you know, school? I know you're in school and you're trying to play ball and get your studies and how tough is that to, you know, to um, level that, you know, to do your, do your work and make sure, you know, because, you know, your sports get in any day and all like that, and the, the kids don't understand that. But you got to have something to fall back on, right? Yeah, you do. How would, how would you, if you had a kid that, you know, always just, you know, if I know when I was going to school, you know, when I got to Wyoming, you know, I was like, I forget class, you know, I'm with the ball here and work hard on mm-hmm. the field, like but how hard is that to juggle both things? I mean, it's not too hard. I mean, we have our schedule is pretty, pretty regimented, so you get, just got to make sure you get your stuff done when you're in study hall and get it done in the classroom, and then 
you get it done in the film room and, and on the practice field. That's good. And, and then with the, you know, with the young kids out there, you know, everybody, you know, says, you know, if they want to play a position, like you say, when you was playing, they were saying, you're not this and that, you know. You know, when you're coming up, you're going to play different positions. When do you feel that you fit that right position or do you just play with the coach that you play in school? I mean, I think linebacker fits me pretty good because I like to run around and hit people and get after the quarterback. So you're one of those guys who like to hit them, huh? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I used to hate that, man. I used to hate tackling, you know. It was, it was weird, you know. But um, another thing, too, school, you don't got a lot of young kids listening today, you know, and always want to. They want to learn something, you know, new and different, you know. You know, um, we got a lot of, you know, young kids that, you know, go to college and, you know, that off-field stuff, you know, going to parties and all like that. And you got to let yourself know you're in the eye of the public. What what would you suggest to them to do better? Uh, just always be aware of your surroundings and just make sure you know you're hanging out with the right people and stay out of trouble. You know, and the thing about it, too, you know, you, you know, a lot of kids, you know, say they come from a one-parent family home where they always had the excuses. That should never be an excuse, you think, school? Because, I mean, if you know the people you hang around with is not good to be hanging around with, you know, you should. But you got a lot of kids that, you know, come from and they, they feel that's their family. What would you suggest? Uh, I think my biggest suggestion would probably just be just to make sure you take responsibility and do the right things. Yes, that is perfect. I mean, you know, um, all these kids running around and they want to fit in, you know. You got to be a leader, not a follower, you know, and these kids don't understand. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you look at, uh, I mean, Johnny Manziel, you know, I was partying, but he's such a great football player, but he's not being a leader right now, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but another thing, school, you know, um, um, you um, your stats are off the chain, you know, down there, you know, uh, the game. What is one of your biggest games? I mean, you know, when you first came in to play at Arizona, what was what's so exciting to you about it? The the biggest game I ever played at Arizona. Yeah. Uh, probably the Oregon game my freshman year, because <clears throat> there I think they were ranked number two in the country. And we uh, beat him pretty good, actually. They uh, got picked off Mariota. <laughs> and, you know, he's the high yeah. school with him, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, a real great player. Um, that conference, you know, Arizona is like one of the, I mean, just one of the great conferences, you know, and uh, it's coming up and all that. And uh, Did you feel you picked the right school? Yeah, well, I didn't have a choice. <laughs> they always screw off of me. But, um, <laughs> nah, I think I, I think I'm supposed to be on that. I mean, I mean, how did you feel, you know, because I know when um, a lot of kids come up and they don't have the schools that they think they should be having recruiting them. How did you feel just only having one school? Did that, like, let you feel, did you put yourself down self-esteem or you kept your head up? And you know, if, if anything, it even probably fueled me more just to play that much harder and, just to prove people wrong. Uh, that is true. Yeah, yeah. Now, what was your workout? You know, during the summers and all like that. Did you still work out during the summers? 
Yeah, we'd work out summer and winter. There's basically no off season. Tell me, um, I like to, you know, I love this one, you know. Tell me a little thing your dad would always tell you, some advice he would give you. Sorry, he kind of broke out. Oh, tell me a little bit about, you know, some advice that your dad would give you, because I know the type of guy he was when us when our team was playing and we were down, the advice he would give us. What kind of advice would your dad give you? Uh, the biggest advice my dad gave me is just work hard and have fun and just enjoy it. Yeah, that is true. That, that's feel for your dad. <laughs> yeah. You know? Okay, oh, man. Yes, that is crazy. But, you know, Scooby, the, the, the great thing I like about um, talking to you is that um, the young kids get the feel of you can uh, make it no matter what, you know, how hard you try. But just say to the young kids that it, it, it don't work out for them, Scooby, that they, you know, don't get to play for the team that they want to play for, but they get they plan for you know, some kids, you know, I know Zeno going to Division Three. you know. Football is football, right, school? Yeah, it is, no matter what. He's always, always just playing ball. You know, and a lot of kids feel they have to play for that big Georgia or Alabama team, but if you go out there and play your hardest, no matter what team it is, you still will succeed, you know. Yeah, at the end of the day, success is on you. You know, what was, um, I mean, school, when you, I mean, oh, man, so, like, so many things to talk about. <laughs> but what was, I mean, your best, I mean, I mean, what's your major, what you achieving to do, you know? Uh, right now, my major is uh, general studies. And um, I'm actually just starting out in my halfway, close, I'm at the halfway point to get my degree. Wow. Yeah. That is good. Well, let's talk a little bit um, about, you know, um, college players, you know. Um, so, um, a couple of you want to give a couple of names of some guys that you play with. And, you know, just, just to see their hard work on the field. Can you tell us a couple of guys that, you know, you played against and just to see how hard they work on the field because uh, it's a lot different in the pros when you see them playing, you know. It's almost like, you know, so, but in college you see the kids working hard, you know. Can you give us a couple of names of some guys you played against? Uh, Marquise Lee, my freshman year. And then, um, like Buck Allen from USC. Mark Smith, obviously. And then Royce Freeman. And Jake Fisher from Oregon, the left tackle. Yeah, those guys always go hard. That is something. And what 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 did you see them doing? I mean, they were so different. You see them running an extra ten yards when they play almost. Or what did you see different? Man, they always played through the whistle. Mm, yeah, coaches always tell you to do that. Play through the whistle. Yeah, you don't know what's gonna happen. You know. This is what we're gonna do, school. We're gonna take a break. When we come back, we'll get you uh, and put on, you know, craziness going around the Arizona with two ball out there. Who you think, you know, gonna win and get some tough balls to take. But this is Jay's Love and my guest Scooby Wright. We'll be right back.
Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, host of Loving That Sports Talk, and my guest, Scooby Wright. Still that, Scooby? Yeah, man. That's good. Well, I know we only get you for a short time, but we got to get you in and get your picks on what you think. You know, um, Super Bowl down in Arizona, where you at? It's a mess. I know it's crazy down there. But um, what do you think? Um, what do you think of Seattle um, Seahawks team? Who, who's going to win the chip? Yes. Uh, I'd probably have to say the Patriots. <laughs> Why would you say that? Well, because they got Bill Belichick and. Tom Brady. And, I don't know. I just, I'm kind of biased. I'm a Patriots fan. Oh, <laughs> come on. I would kind of thought you probably would have said Seattle because Seattle is a defensive team and you've been a defensive player. You know, I know you know defense win games, you know. Yeah, um, but Rob Gronkowski's an Arizona alum. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah, that's amazing. You know what? Your dad knows him, don't he? Yeah, him, him and uh, his dad talk to me once in a while. Right, right, right. That is true. But, yeah, I was thinking you would say, you know, defense win games. I mean, you know, we should always, I know when we play the offensive defense, you know, um, and the defense always tell us, you know, we don't want to win the game for you. And until the team realizes the defense is the one that's on the field the most and makes the play, that's what, can, that's what makes a great team. You agree with that, Scooby? Yeah, I mean, if you got a defense that can force turnovers and score, it'd be a pretty good football team. Do you think um, like a player like a J.J. Watt is one of the greatest defensive players you ever seen? You think that J.J. Watt could do what? He's one of the greatest defensive players you ever seen? Uh, probably in my day, yeah, in my 20 years of existence. Who do you think one of the greatest defensive players? Bayless. Who? Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis? <laughs> Better than um, Singletary? I, don't know, I, didn't, I wasn't really around too much. I know you see him play. That's true. You wasn't around with that one. That is true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ray Lewis, you know, but I thought, you know, my area was Singletary, and I thought he was one of the greatest linebackers ever. <laughs> well, Scoob, again, I definitely want to appreciate you uh, being on the show. Uh, keep doing what you're doing and um, 
great things. And um, tell your dad, thanks again, Scooby. Yeah, no problem, of course. All right. Well, you take care. All right, too, bye. All right. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the NFL. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk. And like I say, always, we have a great show uh, the Super Bowl week. But I just want to thank my guest, Scooby Wright, for being on, you know, uh, for to take time to come on this show. So, But, you know, we always got to have a mess for the rest of the show. You know, um, young gentleman, I say young because he taught me a few things, speaking with him last time, and uh, just being one of the um, teammates, I feel as a teammate, because we all same team. But uh, my guest is back, Jerry Robinson. You there, Jerry? I'm here, brother, live, happy, excited, good to hear your voice, man. It was good to talk to Kevin a minute ago, so what's happening? <laughs> oh, make it happen, make it happen. Jerry, I'm going to let you run the show. You tell me what is going on with the Super Bowl. You know, let's start off with, um, let's get it out the way. You know, that deflated football, that's just the big thing. It's taking everything out of the Super Bowl, Jerry, you know, because you know, we probably worry about the game and playing game, but everybody with this, and there's nothing going to be done about it, you know. So what do you think, you know, just they just need to move on with this? <laughs> I'll just be glad when game time gets here because, uh, you know, it's a story, you know, deflation. It's a, it's a, it's a story, and people are going to run with the story. The ball players, as you know, 
we really don't care about it. There's nothing that we can do about it. The game is going to go on anyway, and that's the bottom line. Uh, nobody's going to be thinking about PSIs or anything like that because offense is going to be worried about defense, defense, offense. Same thing, two coaches are going to be battling. you got your, 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 your offensive coordinators playing chess against the defensive coordinator on another team. That's the game. Uh, unfortunately, this incident did happen. Something happened, and – People just want the truth and they want an answer, okay? And, you know, Mr. Kraft came on the other day <laughs> talking about what he had to talk about, telling him he wants an apology with things, you know, when this is all done and they don't find anything and some people are getting, you know, they're upset about what he had to say. You know, it's all about opinions. I'm like this. I think it could have been handled pretty simple. My name is Robert Kraft. I own the New England Patriots. Okay, we have an issue that just popped up. I want Belichick, Brady, equipment manager, ball boy, cowboy, anybody who had anything to do with that, those footballs. Meet me in my office. Now, I'd sit down and say, check it out, you guys. Just to remind y'all, I am the man that writes the checks that, that help you guys feed your family and, and live a, a, a really good life. And um, I've made some of you guys rich. Tom, you're rich. Bill Belichick, you're rich. I'm wealthy. So this is what we're going to do. <laughs> I want to know what happened. They would have got an answer then. You put all the people that the names have popped up or possibilities in the same room with Mr. Kraft, and he, all he had to do was say, you know what, I want to know what's going on. What am I in store for? Well, that wasn't done. Okay, so now, you know, they're talking about some guy took a bag of balls and disappeared into a room. <laughs> That's just a sell paper and, you know, and, and use up some media time on the radio, on the TV. Because people are interested in that. Ball players, we don't care. Okay, now that being done. The most, I put it this way, the most exciting thing, or most interesting thing, let me put it that way, about Super Bowl is media day. Media day is a crazy day. I played on Super Bowl 15, which was 30-some years ago, whatever it was, a long time ago. Media day is the craziest thing in the whole world because the questions that are asked, you know, people go back and look at your, I don't know, your elementary school grades. <laughs> they want to know about your girlfriend. They want to know about this, and they want to know about that. So you get a lot of crazy questions shot at you, and it's something that you have to do. But you know what? It was crazy at the time, but I, I wished I had had several opportunities to be in media day, as crazy as it is, because I played in one Super Bowl. And I do media day every year because that means now that would mean that I'd be in more Super Bowls. But media day is crazy, so you get the media day out of the way. Now, now it really, now is when you start. You know, they've already made some preparations for it, but they know there's some distractions or some things they got to do. You got to deal with the media. Media day is out of the way. Today is the first day of real practice. And that's what you're looking forward to as a ball player. But the number one thing you got to take care of when you are playing the Super Bowl, you need to take the first two days because you got two weeks to get ready, and you need to take care of your tickets. I know that might sound like nothing, but boy, oh boy, when you can buy two tickets, when you're given two tickets and you can buy 15 more or whatever it is, now you need to decide on who you're going to bring to the game. You know somebody's feelings are going to get hurt. That's just a natural thing. And 
if you care about people, man, it will play on your heart. It will pull on your heartstrings. You don't want to be worried about that. So what you do is you let your wife or your agent or whoever it is, let them handle it. You let people know if tickets, I don't deal with tickets. You got to deal with my wife, my girlfriend, or my attorney, or my lawyer, or whatever it is, or my agent. Because you got to get that out of the way. And that's a big pull on you, man, because you're trying to make everybody happy, but you just can't make everybody happy. So as a ball player, your biggest issue is getting these tickets taken care of and getting them out of the way. That's it. That, that, that's really all you need to worry about. So, But unfortunately, once again, this year there's something else involved with that inflated ball thing. Well, you know what, Jared? Do us a favor. Um, you play a Super Bowl. Take us through it, you know, as a, as a fan. You know, okay, media day over with. Okay, today's Wednesday. So take us through what goes on up until game day on Sunday, what they are doing and what's going on. Because a lot of people understand, you know, what the preparation, everybody thinking, you know, there's out there party hanging. Take us through that mm-hmm. all right, from Wednesday to the, the walking on that field and the kickoff. Okay, here we go. Today is Wednesday. It's a normal week, like a normal week. You need to be normal. It's just you're not trying to do anything different. You know, we are creatures of habits. As you know, and we are used to certain days doing certain things. I don't care what game it is. And once you get out of your, your habit or your rhythm, then you're really thrown off and, and things normally don't turn out well. So Wednesday, you're, you're, going, you're going through your offense, uh, doing a little defense. Thursday, you're going through predominantly Let defense. Let me say this real quick, Jay. You you know, then you're doing some two-minute drills with the offense. On Friday, you're doing, you know, you're, you're doing your short yardage, your goal line, your – your situation and stuff like that. And then Saturdays, you're really concentrating, really, really concentrating on special teams and your two-minute drills and, and that, that kind of stuff. So that's basically what's going, going to happen. But in that Super Bowl, it's like, okay, there's another thing that pops up. Your family is going to show up at some time. When the Eagles, when we played in, 19, in Super Bowl 15, uh, it was kind of interesting. We get there. Families aren't there. We fly in. We have rental cars so we can get around, but we couldn't use our rental cars until Coach Ramil, I guess, decided that the best thing for us to do is concentrate on the game plan and stay in focus. There's really no need to be in a car riding around town in, in New Orleans or Louisiana and, and having a whole lot of fun. But the cars were available for us, okay? So we worked hard Wednesday. Wednesday, you, just like any other day, you're busting it. You're, not, you, 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 you're practicing hard because it's just a, really another game. It just happens to be a Super Bowl. And um, <laughs> I'm bringing this up because when the family showed up, when our family showed up and the Raiders, who we played, their families, uh, you know, they showed up too. It was really interesting because we had that check, which most – teams do we had a 12 o'clock curfew um while we were there and i remember when my wife and my mom and my dad and everybody came came to new orleans i remember that first day i had a chance to see him i had a meeting to go to uh saw him after our uh, after the meeting and we had our 12 o'clock curfew okay i'm in the room we're all in our rooms here it is 12 o'clock here it is 1205 and the news comes on Downtown Bourbon Street, where everything was jumping and everybody was alive, people were having a ball, and I'm like, "Wow, man, that's just like a whole lot of fun." But I'm, you know, I'm in my room, I'm sitting there, and it's about twelve, ten, ten minutes after twelve, and they said, "Now we have some Raiders down here." So I'm like, "Wait a minute, 
The Oakland Raiders were downtown Bourbon Street, and they didn't have a curfew, okay? They're sitting there uh, drinking some drink called Hurricanes, whatever it was. They're mm-hmm. down there having a ball. We're locked up. I'm locked up, sitting on the edge of my bed, watching this other team just have fun just to get it out of the way. I'm watching the newscast. I see my wife down there just having a ball with a bunch of my Raider friends. I'm like, well, at least she's having fun. So, you know, that was one of the funny things about it. I got a chance to see her having a good time, but we were really taking care of business. Um, our situation was a little different because we had never been there before, which makes a big difference. The Raiders had been there before, and when I went from the Eagles to the Raiders, I found out this is the way they did it. They got the first couple of days out of the way. Dude, there is no curfew. Get all the fun out of your way. We're going to go to work when we need to go to work. So they got all of the temptations and whatever the heck you want to call their desires or whatever it was out of the way immediately. We were sitting there, and we just, it wasn't like we weren't there for fun. It was all business. Well, they went there with a little bit of fun and some serious business. So they had been there before, which was a big benefit to them. Uh, we were there, and our whole thing was we didn't stop. We worked as hard. We actually, we worked harder than we probably did all year long, which is kind of hard to believe considering that we were the hardest-working team in professional football because Coach Vermeer believed in, you know, <laughs> hard work, you know, two-and-a-half, three-and-a-half, three-hour practices, and that's what we did. And uh, while the Raiders were down there having fun the first couple of days with our family. <laughs> <laughs> So um, you had what Wednesday today? Now you had Thursday, right? Yep, Thursday. They're, they're just doing their Thursday is straight up is, is football, is offense, defense. You know, there's um, you know, they're doing, they're going over the game plan. They're going over first down, situation, first, second down. Then they're going through their passing, what they're going to do. Then they have their two minute drill. They got to go down, you know, and then they have their plus twenty. You know, excuse me, it's a red zone call now, but it's the same thing. Um, uh, what they're going to do offensively. Then you got then it's the defense's turn. It's the same thing. Just one 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 unit takes one day to do what they do. The offense goes through it normally first, and um, then the next day the defense's turn. It's it's when the defense like today the offense is probably there and there's the defense the scout team there. So Thursday it'll be the defensive time to to work on their game plan against the offensive uh, scout team, and that's that's what it is. And then you put together a. You know, then you have your two-minute offense on uh, Friday. Then you have your two-minute defense, and you have your short yardage and goal line. <laughs> then the next thing to do is just hopefully nobody gets hurt because you have to be very careful because you don't want one of your starters getting hurt. You know, so you try to you try to you do a back off obviously on Friday, but it's still the the, the mental preparation is always there because. The mental aspect of the game is what makes a difference because you can't allow, can't have mistakes. You, you can make a mistake and cost you a Super Bowl championship. Um, so they, you know, they're really drilling hard on making sure that they're that they're going through all the mental checks that they need to on offense and defense and on special teams too. Um, because, like I said, that the, the mental aspect of it is really important because athletically you're there. You're in the league. You're one of the best players in the whole world. Uh, there might be some that are a little better than others, but still, you know, if you aren't prepared mentally to play this game, you're going to be at a huge disadvantage because you have to work on 
you know, situations. You see certain offense and defense, speaking offensively and defensively, there's certain formations that you see and your brain has to click in to the tendencies that take place out of those particular formations. Then as you move the ball, then you got to go down the football field because um, teams' game plan changes as they get closer to the goal line. So there's a lot of things that, 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 that mentally you have to be ready for, and you just want to click on all, on all cylinders. You want to fire everything, firing at the same time, so you can get a good feeling about it. Like this, if you have any questions or any doubts, you need to ask. There's no question that's too big. <laughs> so you, need, you, need, you need to ask. If you don't understand something, this is the time. This is the time to ask the question. And, you know, if, if a coach gets upset with you asking the question and he thinks you should know the answer to, that's too bad. At least you get the question answered. That's what these days are all about. It's going through, it's being, it's precision, it's working as a team, it's as clockwork and, and clockwork. And they will put you through all the different mental checks that you have to make defensively. Because I was a linebacker, I'm calling the plays. <clears throat> it's my job to make the adjustments. And you go through it so everybody's on the same page because come game time on Sunday, there is no do-overs. <laughs> let, me, let me ask you this, Jerry. Mentally, are you looking at, is your coach telling you this is a, a regular, normal, everyday game, or are they telling you this is the biggest game ever? How is that being relayed to the players? That's interesting. That's a real good question, James, because first of all, we all know. We all know when a big game is a big game. Okay, this happens to be the biggest game. Okay, we all understand that. Let's don't drive it home. Don't make it uncomfortable for anybody. As long as we all understand, okay, here we go. This is the Super Bowl. This is the biggest game you're going to be in. You know, there's no guarantee that you'll get back here. So you have to make the best of it while you can. And now is your time to shine. It's because what you do in the Super Bowl it's going to be the history of Super Bowl Forty Nine. I don't care how, whatever you do, good or bad, is going to be that. What side of history do you want to be on? <laughs> so therefore, with that right there, it's really not any added pressure because, I, you know, pressure is what you do. What you, what you can bring it on yourself too. I'm like this. If I, I'm a gamer, you're a gamer, man. We have that competitiveness. Well, we understand what pressure is about, you know, but. It, and then they make you and you real, they make you understand and you realize that okay this is the Super Bowl but it is a, just another game. You got eleven guys on this side, eleven guys on that side. Okay, the most important thing is the mental aspect of it. <laughs> as long as you're playing the offense and the defense that you're supposed to be playing, and if you're well aware of the alert, there's an alert list that you have, and and you need to make adjustments, as long as your, game, your head is into that game, that's the part right there that, as far as I'm concerned, is just really important because things happen so fast. They'll come out in a certain offensive formation, and all of a sudden they might just change, the running backs might just change position. One might be on the right side, one, and all of a sudden now he changes to go on the, on the left side. That is an alert that you have to be aware of. If you're the signal caller, that's the alert. Did you got to scream out to everybody? Just like you hear pig men talking about Omaha, Omaha. Well, he's letting everybody know something's happening. So it's important as the, for me as the signal caller, the one that's running this defense, for me to have all my guys playing on the same page. 
Let me ask you this, Jerry. You know, you say physically you're the best player in the world. Although, let's go back. Was Denver mentally just out of it last year? From they had to be from the start, right? They weren't mentally prepared, were they? Who? Denver last year. Oh, Denver. <laughs> what happened up there? You know what? Someone. Well, you know, I started off with that with that safety, so. It might have been a little bit of nerves to start off with. When you start off the Super Bowl with a bad snap and you the dude to snap the ball and there's a safety involved, that's when you that's when you realize, Oh my God, I just screwed up. Okay? And the thing of it is is that you gotta be able you gotta have amnesia, man. You gotta forget about it. You gotta forget about it. And they started off wrong. They were mentally prepared. That might have been more like nerves. I mean, the way that game started off. But as the game went on, it just, Seattle was just so much better of a football team than them. And when you have the talent that the Seattle Seahawks, (laughs) when you have that type of talent, especially on defense, man, when you get fired up because defense will win your championships. And when you're doing everything that that you want to do and can do, on defense, boy, that adrenaline starts starts rushing. They made it very difficult on uh, Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos. I I, w- I will say this: the Denver Broncos, the guys that played on that, that that in that Super Bowl last year, they'll never forget the fact that they played in the Super Bowl. But <laughs> the worst part of it is, is how they played. That will that will haunt them for I will say haunt them. They'll always be on their mind and their hearts because they didn't play their best. And they all have to answer to themselves why they didn't play them play their best, and uh, you know that, that's something that they're going to be with, be with them for the rest of their life. So do you think they went well prepared, or is this they just couldn't adjust to the game plan? I well, they were prepared, but things just didn't go their way. It just it just didn't. You're going to be prepared, you know. I don't. I that's a good question because. You're always prepared. I mean, you're in a position to do what you got to do, you know. Um, you coach for that purpose. And things just didn't work. It just didn't work out for them, man. <laughs> was, I mean, uh, Seattle was just, they were more prepared mentally to deal with adverse situations. That's the way I look at it. They were ready to deal with anything. I, the Broncos were not ready for a sudden change, and sudden change started immediately with the Denver Broncos offense, and you you got you got to bounce back from that. You know you got to. They just happened to go up against a team, man. That was in the Seattle Seahawks. It was just they were just determined, man. And you know they came in from the from the far northwest, man. And they just they just laid it on them. They every opportunity that they had to make a big play, or stop a play, or do whatever they needed to do. Speaking about Seattle, they did it. And Denver just was never able to recover. I'm sure they had the game plan in. I mean, man, they were in the Super Bowl, so therefore, you know, they, they were definitely qualified. They were the two best teams in the National Football League. It's just that um, somebody's got to win, somebody's got to lose. I can't, I don't really can't comment on their game plan, but whatever it was, it didn't work. We do know that. I think they were prepared because they've always been prepared for it. It just didn't work out. Well, that's all we got to do today. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to uh, ask you um, about 
Marshawn Lynch. What is going on with that guy? You know. <laughs> okay, man. <laughs> but this is me and uh, my guest Jerry Ross. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? <laughs> Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving and also Loving That Sports Talk. And I got my main man, my guest, Jerry Robson. Is that Jerry? Yeah, I'm, I ain't going nowhere until you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know, we got a little time left. I want you to take us on off and just let it roll, you know, just talk what it talk about. But um, media day, you know, we all know, like you say, media is fun. But, you know, and um, the fans, I don't think they know. The players have to, um, they have to talk to the media. They get fined. They got so many minutes. Right, Jerry? Am I right? You're absolutely right. Five minutes. Five minutes, and you know they get fired. I think they said uh, if he didn't talk to me, it's like five hundred thousand dollars. Am I right? Yeah. Well, that was that's uh, Marshawn Lynch's situation. His was five half a million dollars. <laughs> that was that was just him, you know. And it's because of the fact that um, he has refused to do the required media sessions 
and prior situations before. And, you know, man, that's like not everybody likes to be in front of the media. People have situations where they may not have a good relationship with the media, but they still talk to them. But Marshawn's situation is, man, his mind is made up that, you know what, he doesn't want to do that. And I understand where it's coming from, but you got to understand this, too. Rules are rules. That's why they have rules. Uh, and the rule is that you have to be available. And if you're not, there's a price you got to pay. So, therefore, for some of the things that Marshawn has done, uh, grabbing his crotch, diving into the end zone a couple of different times, not showing up in media, this and that, whatever it may be, they decided to come down on him extremely hard. A half a million dollars is a lot of money. I'll tell you what, a half a million dollar fine got Marshawn's attention. <laughs> so what did he do? Media day. He said, I'm here because I have to be because I'm going to be fine or some, whatever it was. Yeah. And he said it over and over again. Some people don't like it. Some people do. Me personally, Marshawn Lynch does not care about what people think about him. He just does it. That's not important to him. What's important to him is how his teammates feel about him. And you know that. The most important thing is how you feel about your teammates and how they feel about you. Everybody loves Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn just does not like the media. Okay, so he went there and uh, he basically he pulled a Belichick. Bill Belichick has been up there many times giving those same same yes. answers over and over and over again. Okay, well, it's Marshawn's time. I ain't mad at the brother. I'm glad he didn't get fined. He did what he had to do. Some people like it. <laughs> Some people don't. I would handle it differently because, you know, although you can tell I'm a little shy, you know, when it comes to talking, but I'm sure I could find a way to talk to somebody if I had to. But my situation is different. I like that type of stuff. That doesn't bother me. Well, Marshawn is different. So he is that uh, media day, that 29 questions that he answered the same way. He had another one this morning that he answered. What was it? You know why I'm here? I don't know how many times he did it. But you know what? At least the brother didn't lose a half a million dollars. Leave the man alone. If you're the media, I wouldn't talk. I, you're not going to get anything from it. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even show up to put a microphone in front of his face. I I just wouldn't because you're not going to get anything. Go get something different. <laughs> yeah, but the media does that because they know he's going to act. You know, do something crazy. Come on, Jerry. You know that. That's why they they let him because we know he ain't going to. You know, you mm -hmm. know he's going to say something crazy. We all know that, Jerry. Come on. That, that that's why they. Well, they know. They know, and they're going to get what they get. Well, they also know that Bill Belichick would do that too. Oh yeah. And so they know what they're going to get when they get it, and that's just what it is. So I'm like this. It's not a distraction to his ball, to his teammates, man. It's not a distraction. You know, uh, what would be a distraction is if he got suspended. That would hurt his team and his teammates, and he ain't going that route. So if you want me to be up there, i got to be up for five minutes. I'm going to get up on this podium, and by the way, I'm going to take my cell phone, and I'm going to put the clock on it. Five minutes up, i got to go. You know, media does it, um, I don't know, me personally, <laughs> it, 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 it bothered me at one point, but then I had to realize this man is not a media person. He's a baller. 
you put the ball in his hand. <laughs> you want to see him? He does the talking on the field. So he's, he's in the National Football League. They're paying a salary, so he's required to do certain things. They're not, you know, if, they, if the next thing that they do, they, they, they tell him what he has to say, now you, 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 you cross the line, okay? So he's doing what he's required to do. Some people accept it, some people don't. But you know what? Marshawn Lynch and the Seattle Seahawks, they do not care. You know what? I tell people all that. You know, when Tiger got well, into it. that, everybody worried about it. We, everybody watched Tiger to, to, to hit a golf ball. What do we care yeah, about you? what he's doing in his afterlife? You know what I'm saying? What do we care what Lynch talk about in the media? We care about what he do on the field. Am I right, Jerry? Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's all about what it does on the field. I love watching the game. I love football, okay? The man, you know, he's not running for office. You know, if he was running for office, he wouldn't get any votes. But he's not running for office. He's running for, he's running for the Seattle Seahawks. He's running for a Super Bowl championship two years in a row. He's doing what he has to do. That's all I care about. You know, there was a report that Seattle's not going to reach sign. And why do you think that will be, Jerry? That's just a report. <laughs> See, I don't, you don't even care what the report is out there. I mean, he's still under contract for another year, okay? I don't know. You, James, you know how it is, man. Back in the day, big headlines sold papers, okay? Stories sell papers. Yep, Stories yep. that are made up to get people interested and listen to people's shows. Ah, uh, You know what? When it happens, it happens. I just, I'm just waiting to see. So I'm not, now right now, I'm just looking forward to Super Bowl Sunday. Well, Jer, we got to ask you, who you think going to win? And tell us why. And whenever you, I hope you're right. Next week when you're on the show, we're going to run you to the ground. <laughs> That's great, man. My feeling is that Seattle Seahawks are going to win. The Seattle Seahawks are going to do it, man. There's something special about that team, man. There's nothing that people can say or do to their team to break that family apart, man. These brothers have each other's back. And you go in and you try to step into some family's household or, 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 or break, step into a family reunion you ain't welcome in, it could get real ugly. The Seattle Seahawks, to me, what they have, you can't put a price on. And that chemistry and the love, the genuine love that these dudes have for each other, man, Look out, New England. Well, you say Seattle. Give us a score, you think. Hello? Did I lose you, James? Yeah, you know, give us a score you think it's going to be, you know. Well, I think we lost, Jerry. But uh, we're going to test him next week and see what he think with the score. I think say Seattle's going to win. I want to make everybody have a safe Super Bowl and be careful out there. See you next week. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com.